0: So, have you ever broken up with somebody over a terrible opinion over movies?
1: No. No? Mm-hmm. I... I've, I've stopped dating girls based on their movie Tastes. Sure. Like, well,
2: that's if, the same thing that I just asked you,
0: Mark.
1: Well, sorry. I'm, but, like, sorry. Not, like...
2: Not a, not a, not a singular film. Yeah. I was
1: thinking like a, like a deal, a real deal breaker where it's like, what? Yeah. Um, you don't like the burbs. Well, it's like, you know, that, that legend about
0: Quentin Tarantino to where like, I believe it's Rio Bravo to where he's like on our third date, I'll show them Rio Bravo. And if she doesn't like it, there's no more relationship. And I'm like, well,
1: that's psycho, but fair, I guess. I also, I mean, obviously I love that movie. So yeah. Um, yeah. Not a gr- I, it was a college thing where I'd like – because I was already like in college collecting a lot of DVDs. So I had a huge collection in my in my dorm room and I would go to a girl's dorm room and if we're like hooking up and I would see like – you know, they like they have like the –
2: Legally Blonde.
1: Uh, no, there one for it. The college desks, right, where it has like a little like shelf above it. Yeah. Like yeah. that – and they would, a lot of times they, they have like five DVDs That's what like Girls in college have Yeah And they always had. If, if I saw them have How to lose a guy in 10 days I would leave Because so I was like <laughs> That means she's basic as fuck And I know it sounds like Super shallow But it's like There was a theme
3: Shawshank has 91% approval on Rotten Tomatoes, which means there's 9% of people who at the time were like, not feeling this film, they dropped the ball here, don't like it. I've actually gone back and found some of the reviews and things that people wrote, (laughs) negative Shawshank reviews. Love it, love it. For example, this comes from Palo Alto Weekly, one and a half stars. The Shawshank Redemption continually abandons plausibility in order to celebrate the triumph of hope over despair. What do you think? I must've had a bad week, you know? <laughs> the Palo Alto Weekly, he just had a bad week, got a parking ticket, he's pissed off.
0: His wife's bitching at him. Yeah, a- come on, Ooh, come no. on,
3: take the kids in. But listen, there should be some things that are sacred. And God damn it, Tim, the Shawshank Redemption should be immune to this. For example, Movie Line in 1994, Give Me My Music, wrote this. In truth, it's the purest Hollywood hokum, a sunny, hot-tugging hymn to that old chestnut, the indomitability of the human spirit. (laughs) Now, that person's calling it corny, and you're laughing. Are you kidding me? Movie Line?
2: Oh, Movie Line, well, that
0: doesn't (laughs) exist anymore, does it?
3: I'd Probably not after that review. Oops. (laughs) Shouldn't have panned Shawshank. What else did you not like? Pulp Fiction and Back to the Future? Come on now. All right, last one. This is the best one, Tim. Listen to this. This is one line only. Slant Magazine gave the Shawshank Redemption one and a half.
0: Welcome to Deal Breakers, a new podcast on SecretHandshake.com. I'm your host, Jacob Knight. Joining me as always are Cody Bouchard. Yes, sir. And Martin Carlson. Hello, hello. Guys, Martin hates Shawshank Redemption. Bah, bah,
2: bah.
0: That's the bad opinion of the week. Martin. When you say bad opinion.
2: Wrong opinion. Okay. That's that's what I was really clearing up.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not a thing that you can usually justify, but. I'm going to try. However. Okay. Before I even get into like making fun of you forever, uh, it's. Should be stated that you're not alone. Like, there is a solid amount of folks who do not like this movie. I hate to put it this way, though. It feels like the hipster contrarian opinion now, though, from a lot of those types. But you tell me, why don't you? We all watched it. And I got to be honest, like, I even texted you, like, immediately
1: afterward and was like, this movie's good. I don't get it. And I think I texted you before that and said, happy to report I still hate this movie. <laughs> there you did. <laughs> yeah. You, you were like, I watched it. It sucks. Yeah. It still sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, no, and it's, it, I, I actually appreciate your little intro there because there is a, it's it's kind of like a, a, a fine line to walk for me with this film because I really just genuinely don't like it. And I think a lot of things about it that are, are bad, but when you're a, when you're the film guy in the room in a group of friends, like people are expecting you to hate popular films. Right. They're going to like, sure. Th- right. There's a thing where they're going to bring up, well, you probably don't like it, but like people bring up, I, I probably, you're just a
2: contrarian.
1: Exactly. You know, and, or you don't like, you like, like art, the idea of, like the, you like artsy, artsy stuff. But you don't like just like good shit. It's like, I like plenty of movies that other people like. I love <laughs> Fast and yeah.
2: the Furious franchise.
1: I actually really do. And there, there's a lot of things it's like, that I find genu- get genuine joy from. Um, to kind of start it off, um, why I don't like this film, and we can kind of branch out from there, is I think it's a one of the reasons it's gotten too overrated over time. Um, I think that it's uh... Uh, just... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go yeah, on. No, but I think it's a, I think it's a a decent film, like masquerading as, as a great film, and there is like the epitome of my like middle brow almost. And, and the middle brow thing is interesting because one of the films, one of the reasons this film is talked about often now, is it's the film that is number one on IMDb. It's true. Right? So it's this thing where it's like... I did not know that. Yeah, it is number one. It was number three for a while. And then it's just... But every time I go on there, just it just sits at number one. And it just... It tasks me um, <laughs> to, to see that. And what's interesting, though, about... I thought about IMDb. And I have never once um, scored a film on IMDb. So I started thinking... No, why would you? Exactly. So I started thinking, like... Who's scoring these? Yeah, it's kind of like the same as like the Rotten Tomato
2: stuff. It's but, like,
1: but those are actual critics. Yeah, this,
2: this is like user-based.
1: Uh, yeah, it's the, 100% the, user-based. Yeah. Right. And it's people who are like, wow, I really like that. 10 out of 10, right? Or I really hated that. Um, but I thought about that, and I thought, you know, well, 74 million people also voted for Donald Trump. And there's... A <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I really started thinking about this. I was kind of going in my head about it. But... My my thing with this film is there are a lot of elements in it that I should like that, that all together I should like like I'm a huge Stephen King fan like an enormous Stephen King yeah. fan. Um I love Roger Deakins. Uh, the cinematography in this is like is on point. It's gorgeous. It's a it's a polished film. I think that Thomas Newman is a great film composer. Yeah, from any uh, kind of standard or. or- technical evaluation like this movie's kind of unimpeachable yeah and i i think maybe the best way but you have all these things in a film that i should like and i don't and i it actually it's funny because i have a secret handshake with my mom about how much we both hate this film and weird so i realized that while i was watching i said oh this is actually a story i remembered so i had seen it when i was younger and i said and i liked it you know, I think I was like ten or okay. twelve, right? And it was like everyone's like, "This is a great film." I saw it, and it's like, and not a bad, unentertaining story, like that. Take, carries you along, right? And I saw it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a that's a good film." Then, and I didn't see it for a long time because it's one of the films you're like cool, you know. Then my mom and I, we um, we, we rented it, and I said, "I haven't seen Shawshank in a while," and I was reading a lot of Stephen King, and we were at my parents' cabin. And how many years ago was this? This is, f- or like how many years later, I should say after having first seen it. Yeah. You saw it when you were 10, how old
2: were you when you saw it again?
1: About 15 years later. So 25. Okay. So, it was a big, so you're
0: operating with like an adult brain. Yeah, at this it point. was
1: it actually might've been 28. It was after grad school. So it was like post post grad school. Oh wow. So, so there's like almost two decades f- between. Right. Fully formed human mind. Right. Yeah. Well, us I'm still working on that, but we, we sit down and we're watching it. And it's like, oh, this is really pretty. And then Morgan Freeman starts narrating. And my mom gets the giggles. And then I start laughing. And it's not that it's Morgan Freeman because he has the most beautiful voice. The best narrator that ever existed. Right. The stuff he's saying is so Thomas Kincaid aphorism for a fucking wall that it's it makes it pulls me out of the movie completely. Like he sometimes he's saying exactly what's happening on screen, unnecessary, and other times he's saying things that are so ridiculously cheesy I can't even try to enjoy it. Like when he when they play the music when he plays the opera, you know, over the thing, and then Mark Freeman just like talks about the song. He's like, I don't know what those, those two, two Italian, Italian ladies, ladies were singing, singing about, right. and I'm not but, sure that I do. And it it's. Funny because that, the, there's things in this like you mentioned earlier, this is one of the most um, truthful to a Stephen King source material ever. Yeah. Um, but the film for me and the story, I, re- I just reread the, the novella, um, is the things about Stephen King I don't like because he, he is, the, the, he is very, he can be too sentimental and he just kind of goes down these paths where, like, bro, you need to like back, like, back the fuck up here. Where he overexplains things, he overwrites. The film feels overwritten with the use of that narration. I think it's the one thing that kind of took us out immediately. And the whole end sequence, I just despise. He's like, he keeps talking. He's like, I miss my friend. I hope it's blue. And we're just like, we're dying laughing on these couches. And I realized, I like, I don't like this movie. And it's just really strange because a lot of times people. What also makes me mad is people will say. I don't like Stephen King, but I love Shawshank. And I just, like, walk out of the room because, I don't know. Um, again, it's, it's a hard I don't line. fuck anybody who
0: says that, too, though. That's, like, the opposite, too, yeah. is that it's, like, that's also a weird, almost, like, hipster thing. I don't like Stephen King, yeah. but I love Shawshank. It's like, no, fuck off, dude. Like, Stephen King rules.
1: Yeah, um, and he does. But it, it's interesting. I, I read more. I was looking for people who kind of shared my opinion this week, and I was, like, reading more and more of, of um about <laughs> about who people who did like dislike this film and one person kind of made a good point that it's basically beaches for men and i do believe it it, ha- it has and i a hipster mentality but it does have a thing of like it's a film that can make men cry you know like, yeah, like it's male- nobody dies
2: of cancer in this movie
1: it's 100 percent a male weepy yeah a male weepy um yeah
0: but yeah, I so mean that
1: I'll agree with, but I don't know if that's bad. No, no, and that's that's I know it's funny that Martin, you were allowed to feel emotions. It's okay. I love feeling emotional, but like it's not your fault. But it's not your fault, Cody. It's not your fault. I mean Mark. that's that's a male weepy. Like yeah, Goodwill Hunting, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and I like that, and I like Field of Dreams. You know, yeah. and, and I no, I, I love Field of Dreams, and I think that there's something in this film too that would the
0: natural count. It's kind of weepy. Yeah, right. It's also About
1: beautiful. Fast
2: Six, where Paul Walker leaves the franchise. It's a weepy.
1: I I cried when I saw that. Uh, I'm not afraid, dude. Dude died. <laughs> dude died. Dude died. <laughs> but um, there's, you know, there's an element of this film too that I was when I was watching. I said, um, <laughs> at moments I said, wow, like it's almost like Assassination of Jesse James, like watched this at moments like we got deacons we have the voiceover it's a very they're very different films and i love jesse james like a million times more this but i thought it's interesting that the first cut of jesse james didn't play well and they added the narration from the book that's kind of what makes the story so beautiful is that language and i think on one hand i get like they want to use stephen king's real language from the story to kind of pepper in yeah to this film but i think it's just not necessary too and i honestly think it kind of and i think it's like morgan freeman he's a wonderful actor and like when he's just there silent in this movie or just talking on screen he's great Yeah, like he's the best he's the best actor in the movie but it's like i don't need you to tell me what's happening and what i'm supposed to feel every single fucking scene the, sorry i had a lot, i had a lot written down but go ahead look, attack me <laughs> i think here's the thing
0: you're not wrong on a lot of those counts because like Stephen King's language on the page sounds great. Yeah. But it's clunky when you actually hear it out loud. And he also does have a tendency to write and lean into his own kind of blue collar fetishism for lack of a better term. Like he, he loves that, that like I'm salt of the earth. Uh, Norman Rockwell, Nor- kind of thing. Not S- quite sometimes Norman Rock, almost like steel mill mm. type stuff, um, to where like the language is kind of blue. All that, like he's always working blue, you know? And like, but he also does lean into the sentimentality of that. Like he looks at these hardworking kind of men of the earth, let's say, with like a, a loving rose tinted uh, microscope. He does the same thing with women, too. Mm, yeah. women, not as not as much, but like something like um, Dolores Claiborne has a similar kind of vibe to it. also came from Castle Rock Productions right around the same time. But like, that's another one to where like he obviously looks at this woman and her struggles as like this kind of coming from a middle to lower class background and dealing with this abusive, drunken working class husband and like there's an empathy there that he employs that is great, but at the same time can come off corny if uh, adapted the wrong way. We're like Dolores Claiborne. I love like that movie is like stone faced awesome and and almost the antithesis of this like it's not
1: sentimental in the least it's it's funny you bring that up because i wrote dolores claiborne down while i was watching this i just saw it for the first time this year it's really good i adore. i think that movie is fan-fucking-tastic um and i mean bates kathy bates is just real i think mean, she's i mean she's great in misery but this one is more nuanced sure you know there's a lot going on the so and it also like I didn't. I'd never read the book for that one either. So the, the surprise of like, oh, this is what's really happening in this film, and and learning that, I think it's a wonderful moment where she's talking to her employer, where she's basically telling her like, you got to get what's yours. Yeah. Like she gets advice from this woman you think is the enemy that she might have killed, who's like, no, she's the woman who basically saved her life and said, go kill your husband or yeah. help save her. You know, she's like, gave her the advice she needed to hear, and I think it's funny because I think that. What make King what makes King Gray can also work against him, right? That he th- there's passages in 11, 22, 63 that are some of the best things he's ever written. Like seriously, like I, there's a section there. Where, like, he's talking about the an abusive husband actually that comes through so clear and it's just a great character study. And then like three pages later, it's like talking way too much about like a gas station attendant and like waxing poetic. And it's just like back off, dude. Like it needs he needs to be edited. Like he needs an editor. Um, but I also like his kind of loose, like sometimes flowing style where he's like, I'm just gonna you're with him for a day while well, you're a couple of days yeah. while you're reading. But I think like Shawshank, um, it also I don't there's not enough uh like there's it's definitely a king story, right? You said it's like the working class, like blue-collar kind of story without any supernatural elements. He has many stories like that.
0: Um it's Ian, also very dark. Like we talk about this movie a lot, like a lot of the let's say folks who dislike it. We'll use the term like dad rock when talking about yeah. it too and like ultimate tnt movie which again isn't untrue to a certain degree with the male weepy element and the fact that like i pretty much i watched this yesterday and i knew every single not just beat but like note from it to where i was like shit how many times have i fucking watched shawshank and i realized it was just one of those movies that like if you had cable like growing up during the 90s like Shawshank was on all the time, but that's also one of the, I think the reasons that people both love it and hate it is that there's a nostalgia element and like a real attachment to it. But also at the same time, if it beats you over the head being on TNT for like six hours in one day, there's one kid who doesn't like It's going to be like, I hate this fucking movie forever. I hope it would just go away. Okay. What you
2: got? So, A thing that I thought about that I didn't consider, let me start off with saying um, you were talking earlier about how the narration just kind of carries you along unnecessarily at times. And that's actually a thing that I liked about it was you could just like sit back, relax, almost turn off your brain and just let this story carry you and you can float along with it effortlessly. I mean, there's not, there's not, there's not a lot to parse out on your own. Definitely not. Um, There were, there were a cute, a few uh, nuanced callbacks that I liked from it um number one when andy's talking about getting out and uh, red's trying to dissuade him of pursuing hope and he's like man that your idea getting out, that's just a shitty pipe dream it's like oh yeah because he's gonna have a shit pipe later cool and then uh the warden handed him the bible being like yeah your salvation's in here and that's where he hit his uh, gym hammer late, later so i liked things like things of that but um what's well, like did-
1: expertly plotted yeah like actually better better plotted than the story because yeah. the story is much more of just like a story. It's way like looser. It's, it's, it's way looser, and it's Red, um, who is Irish in the story, oh. and, 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 <laughs> and, and 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 not African-American. Oh, so um, is
2: that a joke they added for the movie that well, says Irish, I guess? It's a, Irish, so it's a guess.
1: line from the book, and they just had him say it, but as a joke, which okay. is actually I think a good way of handling it, where yeah. it's like, you know, some Irish, but... Um, it is, it is like, you know, as a script, like they, they put it together, the the thriller element of, or the heist element of, like, planting stuff. Yeah. That, almost like Ocean's 11 E. This is going to come back later. Um, playing, you know, he was yeah. playing it all along. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, to cut you off, I'm sorry.
2: No, you're good. Uh, a thing that I just considered now, when you guys were talking about it, was you need the narration in the book because you don't have the image right in front of your eyes exactly. to look at. So it, it, it makes sense for the book to have the narration, but maybe not necessarily for the film. But I did appreciate that I could, for the most part, turn my mind off and just kind of let it take me.
1: But... It, sorry, I got one quick thing. Okay. Um, this, before, before I forget it, um, you brought up nostalgia, right? Um, that is connected to one. I think a lot of people, it's an omnipresent film that's just been, like, it was always, always playing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting that the, the film, like a lot of King work, the film itself, you know, the story has a nostalgic feel to it, right? It is this, like, other time. And... It's funny because it's dark. Like you said, there are really dark moments that are from you know, like the the, the the elements of uh you know, more the uh saying that rape is happening, you know, to Andy it's off screen, but kind of like the mostly but the whole you know, horrible scene with uh with what's his name? Um Mark Rolson or whatever, that actor. Yeah. He's great in the movie. And he's he, actually He awesome. looks like a... Boggs.
2: Like, Boggs, yeah, the he, head of
3: the sisters
2: it looked like he could be um like Brando's like little brother or something yeah he it's like, like a brando he looked to. he's him. got I'm a, surprised he's got a, surprised he didn't get more stuff he's
1: got a lot of stuff I mean, mean more he, like leading stuff yeah, yeah but he um it's interesting like the nostalgia thing because <laughs> besides like some elements like the sisters like the warden and then like you know the evil guard and a couple evil guards. Like, their life is really oh fucking K. Like, it's like they, they're remembering these times of, like, we have a library. And it, it and I'm, but I'm saying the film, I don't think is hard enough on, like, I, w- I was reading another piece about this ah. that, no, and I'm not saying, I think the film, though, is almost too easy on the jail life because, like, they're thinking back and, like, oh, we're telling stories and it's, like, yucking around. I got beaten and raped for two what years. The fu- yeah. I don't, I don't I, say, I, I, don't, I do, I do
0: not, I do not agree with this opinion at all because this is what I was going, I was going back to with talking about how it was, you know, on TNT and been called like a dad rock quote unquote movie for years but Are they like,
2: editing that stuff out.
0: But like rewatching it as an adult, the thing and especially as an adult who has now sat through a couple blockbuster cycles, a couple big filmmaking cycles, I had trouble trying to imagine this movie being made in the form that it's made today. Simply because, for all of these sort of at times mawkish sentimentality to it, there's a legit core of like darkness to it, to where like prison is fucking terrifying in this movie. Like when they, the one guy gets uh, killed, the yeah, one guy gets killed. Yeah, let's yeah, let's run down it. So the first night we're in prison, we listen to them taunt a man to death. Until he begs for his life and then beat is basically beaten to death in yep. front of the entire cell block by the head guard, Hadley, who's fucking... Um, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, who's couldn't, incredible in Couldn't have in cast this that movie. better. Could not have cast yeah. that better. And then we get... I think it's not even... It might be the next scene or the scene after where Andy's in the showers and literally Boggs approaches him and is like, I could be a friend to you. And you're like, oh, he's talking about butt sex. Yeah. So like, that's terrifying too hard to get I like
2: I that like yeah that.
0: like they're really playing into that shit and then like even when like this is the it's weird there's a problematic ele- element to the movie now that we're watching it 25 years later that while I also think the movie is strangely for lack of a better term woke in a way that a lot of modern movies are not in that it paints gay well, not even gay men in prison because they they go out of their way to say, like... They're not human. They're not not homosexual. You have to be human first, which in itself is like, wow, okay. But, like, they paint these guys as fucking, like, monsters. Like, a gang of, of goblins who are just waiting in the darkness to rape Andy at any moment. So, like... And then, like the way that Andy gets in with the guards is by almost getting thrown off a fucking roof. And then About to have
2: ourselves an accident
0: when he does finally get raped by the, well, not finally, but like Continues. the last time he's ever, he's ever really in the projection me. room. And yeah, in the projection room, on gets movie put in night. the infirmary for a month. He gets put in the infirmary in the month. Okay. For a month. At this point, he's doing all the guards taxes. So, you know, there's going to be retribution. Like, on his behalf, once Boggs gets out of the hole. But to me, what's horrifying, and I feel like not hit upon enough, is that, like, the retribution for Andy getting almost beaten to death by a gang of, quote-unquote, bull queers, is the leader of it comes back and then is beaten into paralysis by two guards, by two, like, yeah, by two separate guards, like... I don't know, man. I I don't know if I can get down with the whole idea of, like, this isn't hard enough on it. Think about the fucking Brooks suicide sequence. And this is where I'm going with, like, the woke reading of it that I never thought about before is that this movie confronts, like, institutional cruelty and evil in a way that I feel like most... Like, imagine a uh, mid-range, well-budgeted studio movie... Like basically going to town on prisons these days, and that's what the movie is really about. It's about the dehumanization of the prison system in America, and how there's no hope for redemption inside of it or reform whatsoever. The like, it has an entire sequence where it's like this guy was so institutionalized by being in here for years
1: that he can't cope with the outside world, so he kills himself. Well, and that's and that's that, fucked up. No, and, it's, and and so I don't. Yeah, I, I agree all that stuff is, is dark, right? I think there are... That's
2: the majority
0: of the movie,
1: Mark. No, but it I, also
2: I, uh, kind of leads you to imagine would Red have met the same fate if he didn't have Andy to go meet in Mexico?
1: Yeah, well, he's ready for it. Yeah, you can tell that since he's in the same... Yeah. He's,
2: he's saying the exact well, same he's, lines. Yes, he's staying in the, the same Brooks house. He's in Brooks's room. Right, right. But he's saying the same things, too. Like, I'm afraid. I'm tired of being afraid. Well, so,
0: like, even think about, like, when Andy gets in with the guards, he's doing all their taxes. He has his quote unquote a cottage industry that you know he sets up with the warden once the warden gets that inside out program going on to where he's getting all those kickbacks and all that dirty money and Andy's essentially for lack of a better term embezzling it or like washing it kind of like he anyone would for like the mob yeah but
2: yeah you know, i just put something minute, together he he went from the uh, laundry room washing clothes to to washing money washing money
0: yeah like it's pretty literal in once it's what it's trying to do but like, so when he finds out, like he actually gets the glimmer of hope as like I mean, we kind of mentioned earlier when the new convict comes in Tommy. says, yeah, Tommy says that he roomed with a guy who confessed to essentially the crime that Andy is there for two life sentences for. And like he goes to the warden and what the warden decides to do in to, to keep him in prison and to destroy any hope that he has is throw him in the hole for two months and
1: have the guards murder Tommy.
0: I don't know, man. That's pretty
3: fucked yeah.
1: up. Yeah, so I want, to, I want to come in the darkness thing here, though. I want to talk about that. So, I agree these were, like, fucked up things in the film. There is still a a nostalgic tone to a lot of the way that they're picturing the past, that they're very Stephen King kind of... Just, just let me. Okay, so they... They basically the way they, they paint prison too is for besides these like these things that stick out, the general things is like buddies together. Like there is an, an element of if you if you're stay out of the way of these things, and even I think even him almost being thrown off the roof is not that shocking. It has this element of like building up to that moment of like kind of like he, he's he's because he's obviously playing the guard and getting him where he wants him. And I think a big issue off of that, too, that I have with the film is Andy as a character. And um, it's in the story as well because the way that King wrote the story is very much like – it's from Red's point of view, right? It's telling the entire story, right? Yeah. And Andy – and he talked about it in the story and they bring it up in the film as like being a kind of unknowable person, right? That he talks about – was why his wife left him. Right, his wife later on. But it's not – it's a it's a hiccup in the film, I think, on Darabont's point part where he's trying to have a character who's this like, at points, kind of messiah figure because the the, the there are elements of the film that are very very similar to Cool Hand Luke and Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. right? There is a thing of a guy coming in and shaking up the system and right. saying, "I'm gonna give you hope again," mm-hmm. right? You know, for for McMurphy in Cuckoo's Nest, it's I'm as crazy as you, but like also let's have some fucking fun. But he also his thing is he doesn't realize he's just putting himself deeper in the hole. Cool Hand Luke has this, like, has an interesting way that, like, Luke doesn't want the Messiah. He doesn't want the Messiah mantle. He's, like, you know, and I I was watching this, and I said, yeah, it's it's definitely falling into a, like, subgenre of, like, the redemptive prison movie. Like, and I don't know in a lot of ways if they know, if the story knows how to handle Andy as a character who's your, he's your main character, but you're not but you're also kind of outside of him at the same time. He's also unambiguously innocent.
0: Like they try <sighs> to make it ambiguous, but like the whole Tommy uh, sequence where he even re- recounts like basically like they paint the guy who tells him the story, whose name I'm, I'm now blanking on as
1: like a typical like Stephen King demon. Oh, I actually almost. love that scene. That's actually no, my favorite it's scene. Great, And I but his teeth ways laughing is yeah. like very King yeah um and 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 off of that too i think a big problem i think one of the reasons that i like this watching this film again I, at the same time when i kind of to, add to the story of watching with my mom i watched a documentary tales from the script and they were interviewing like paul schrader i think john sales and other, a bunch of screenwriters and they interviewed darabont and darabont was the most junior of of them and darabont gets up there and he's like well you know don't know the guy to talk to. Like first main big film I directed, like ah, you know Oscar winner. And he was just like the, just the shittiest douchebag, you know, about the success <laughs> of this film. Jesus. And just my, I watched I was my mom, and I was like, "Hey, he's the director." She's like, "Oh my god, fuck that movie." <laughs> and so we both were just like really piling on about hating this movie. And I also think like I just I pretty much don't like Darabon across the board. Um, Wait, okay. So if you don't like this, I'm assuming you don't like Green Mile. Don't like Green Mile. What about the mist? So I really dislike the mists. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and it's it's funny because I saw the mists before I rewatched um, Shawshank. So which I, uh, which version did you watch? Uh, in the theater. Oh, okay. So, and I've seen the, the whatever other version too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw my friend Derek and. And it's interesting because there's elements of that film that I like too. And I, I love this. St- I actually really love the novella. Like I love the story. Um, and I it's basically, you know, it's, it's the fog in that way too. And I love the idea of like these tests, like the setups, great. these tests in the mountains, like basically Lovecraftian monsters are coming out. I'm like, that's fucking cool. And some of the horror scenes are very well done. I, again, it's when King is unchecked and Darabont goes all the way with it, where it's like Marsha Gay Harden, Gay Harden's character and the way that, and there's a scene too with uh, where she's just like over the top, you know, Christian villain. And then the Andre well, that's Bra-
0: a pretty stereotypical like King villain. What's what I'm saying, he, yeah. yeah. But he the, did...
1: the fundamentalist like maniac. Absolutely, and and also with Andre Brauer's character, there's a scene in that where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Where they're like, hey, we want to show you something in the back, and because they, they had chopped the uh, the tentacle, tentacle off, yeah. And he's like. Y'all are trying to make me look stupid. Like, no, like literally walk five feet. It's right there. He's like, I don't want to see it. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, it was in the theater. I was yelling at this. like, this is the dumbest shit. I, I really don't like the movie. Um, I don't like Darabont um, in general. Honestly, I, I, I like Shawshank better than Green Mile. Um, but yeah. I, I still don't like Green Mile. And I think I like The Mist the least. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hard on it, and it's it's. I think you know what it is interesting too that I watching Shawshank. I guess it two nights ago. Um, I was thinking about how like King will, like you were talking about the Castle Rock era, where you have like misery and you have Dolores Claiborne and you have um, also this right. You go through these like, but it's, you go through these, like phases. Is needful needful
0: things is also, Castle Rock, I believe too. Right, um, which I just rewatched that a couple weeks ago.
1: It's fun. It's not good. It's on. Un, it's uneven for sure. Um, and I, I like yeah. it because Ed Harris brings it. Well, movie.
0: I love Ma- Max von uh, Sydow in yeah.
1: it, but outside of that, I think it's it's not great. Also, it's also not a good, not a good doing... book either, though. It's kind of a. It's oh, it's kind a kind bad of, book. Yeah, it's like it was the end of the Castle Rock series. He said, and, but um, it's interesting. Like you have like the Castle Rock era, but also like Darabont ended up having his own like King trilogy, right? Um, and then you have like the Flanagan now ownership of, of King today. And yeah. I was watching, I said, how, you know, how different filmmakers like interact with King, um, and kind of like, how, like, do I bring my voice here? Do I go full King with this like kind of thing? And Flanagan, um, I feel like a film like, uh, Gerald's Game, for instance, which I really liked a lot, a hard book to adapt too, I mean, yeah, a, impossible. A, a locked, a locked room thriller, you know. Um, and he like handled it well. And it's like Flanagan also is not afraid of sentimentality, but I find his really digestible. Like because I, I, I feel like, oh Hon- well, yeah, because
0: the he keeps the ending of Gerald's Game intact, and that's like one of the most sentimental, yeah. mawkish things King has ever written, and it works on the screen.
1: He, it, 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 he, for some reason. Because I feel like you know, although funny. he's
0: kind of the king of that now, because no pun intended. <laughs> hey. But like, uh, Doctor Sleep is a terrible book that he made into a really good movie.
1: Um, I'd, like Mike
0: Mike Flanagan. I mean, it's also sort of unfair to say this because there's an argument to be made that Mike Flanagan is the best American like genre film director
1: like working on that level right now. Yeah, I think. Um... I agree, because Flanagan, it's, and I don't want to go too much tangent on him, but, like, it's been fun to kind of, like, watch him grow. I saw Oculus at South By, you know, and just watching how he just built his career. And I've always, he's the kind of guy where it's like, man, I really, he's awesome. And I, when he gets more budget, he knows what to do with it. But, you know, for me, like, Haunting a Hill House is a fucking Stephen King story. Like, it's, it's, an, it's, it, it. it's, it. it's an adaptation yeah. of a story, but they complete. and I love the Shirley Jackson novel, but he completely changed, obviously, everything, except for the main elements. Right. But it's a king. It's it's the whole idea of like the you know it's structured like a Stephen King book. Yeah, going back and forth through time, you know, time periods, and it's what makes. Man Manor not work as
0: well is because he doesn't really use his own voice until the last like episode where it actually comes alive. You're the rest right. kind of plods along. I know you like Bly Manor a lot more than I did. But yeah. like, not as much as Hill House, though. I, oh, God, no. Um, Hill House is like
2: great. one of it's the so best good.
0: pieces of like long-form storytelling that's ever occurred in my
1: lifetime. Just out like, of the It's park. so fucking awesome. It's very... That continuous you
2: know, shot uh, Funeral Home oh, episode.
1: Oh, Jesus. It's so good. Like, but it's it's just I it's I, it was it was funny cuz I enjoyed watching the film because I was just thinking about Stephen King. I was just going off on these like mental tangents about filmmakers and it's interesting too that like
2: and of course there's an author in it, an author uh, character.
1: Of course. Yeah. yeah, and and you you have you think about like Flandering who getting, you also think about that era too cuz like you think about Rob Reiner, you know, and you think of Stand by Me and Misery. And I I think though if I had to pick one film that in one swoop Completely captures the feeling of Stephen King book, but also has its own voice. Is Misery. I I think that it's a Rob Reiner film through and through, yeah. and it has the Stephen King humor in there, but also like like the way the sheriff is written is a oh my god just, that's Stephen King like they got it. The Richard Farnsworth character they got it so yeah. down, and it has that balance. Um, so or for me, you know, Stand by Me is a very sentimental film. I mean, Jesus Christ, but it's also top ten for me. You know, it's one of my top ten favorite films. Really? Yeah. Um, because it, and, and for some reason, again, the voiceover in that of Richard Dreyfus doing so also very, yeah, on the nose. Like I never had any friends it, as good as I did when it, I was.
0: It's sa- really bookends in that one though. Like it kind of goes away for
1: huge chunks of the movie. Yeah, he'll he'll pop up where he talks with the deer. Yeah. and things like that. Um, but but I, it's like... The, it's kind of it, like when it, it, it introduces a new chapter of each... Yeah,
0: it's it's like the difference between that and Shawshank, though, to where, like, Shawshank, it is omnipresent like yeah. throughout the entire thing, to where Stand By Me, it just kind of pops in to almost add color
1: outside of the lines a little bit. Yeah, or or this is why this was important, like, kind of like, yeah. this is how this affected me later. Um, But it's, you know, King is a... He's really he's really hard to adapt. I mean, I'm like, never adapted to myself, but I mean, you you read the books and you see the films, and like this one, you go pretty much like you said, word for word, and you really like get that across, and you have a character say narration from the story, and it it for me doesn't work. You know, I, I have trouble swal- I, I just have trouble swallowing it. But but when I see that in, sorry, <laughs> first time you said that, not it? I know it's never an issue, but like um, <laughs> to have other films that kind of do some similar stuff but it works um, and again it, this this whole point is it's very it's, it's no accounting for taste right like there's a thing where it's like it's oh it's
0: certainly th- not here
1: right you know <laughs> but like things that can work really well for somebody just don't work like they all turn me off completely yeah
0: but can't you just watch a movie and be like from a, just a detached standpoint like this is good like I get why people like this
1: with it I can get why people like it okay I yeah, that's the thing is like I I kind of want
2: he, t- he can't turn off his own personality
1: yeah I can't he oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, good
2: could you watch and understand why people don't like Southland tales yes 100 so the, oh, But could you I have it, could, you, could you watch <laughs> it from that standpoint and actively not like it as you're watching it well no
0: I can't do that that, but I can watch it and be like, okay, well, I get why
1: people don't like this. Yeah, so I I see the other side of that. You know, yeah. I, I like watching it. I was like, man, this I just it is a taste thing. Where I'm like, I don't the mix of this film, it I and I think it all comes back to like I just had that moment where you know hitting a certain age and rewatching a film that I had I had put on the shelf as a good film. Yeah, I was like, this is good now. Check mark.
0: Has this co- ever happened to you with like another movie? Where you thought it was really good and like even That's accepted, like by kind of the mainstream. I can think of one. Why I have one that I that
1: I struggle with, but I want to hear yours. Um, no, I had a similar re- reaction to Mystic River. Um Really, I still like Mystic River. I, right. I, I like it better than Shawshank, and I I um I love Dennis Lehane, so like I yeah. love his books, but. That was a film, you know. It was two thousand three. I'm in college, and it wins Best Picture. So I was not an age yet where I was like, had my own opinion to say I don't like this movie. It was more like, oh, it's a Best Picture. It has to be good. I was still in that right. that mindset. Yeah. There yeah, was like yeah, the yeah. sense of like it was objectively again checkmark great yeah. film.
2: The Academy has told me, therefore, it must be true.
1: Right? You know, and then it, but then it was. I think it was two years later where you know you have a year where you know. It's like Brokeback, Capote, which I know you don't like, but uh, Munich, uh, right? Who? You don't like Capote, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you said I don't like Brokeback. No, no, no. I was no. like, that
0: movie is awesome. No, I, I don't.
1: But I know you don't like Capote, but like you know, no, that, Good Night and Good Luck, and then and then Crash, and Crash wins. And what, I mean, any other Oof. film should have won that year. Any of the other four I would have taken over over Crash. But that was, at that point in my life, I was like, oh, that's a bad movie. These are people choosing... Yeah, Um, but yeah, I think Mr. River was not not quite as jarring as the Shawshank one because also Mr. River isn't talked about quite as much as Shawshank. It's not number one on IMDb. It's not this like fam. I guess weird way family favorites. Yeah, have you? What about what's your film? Forrest Gump. Interesting. Yeah, I think Forrest. I don't dislike
0: it the way that you like dislike Shawshank. But Forrest Gump is definitely one that you know I watched a million times as a kid and whatever, and then kind of put it away for a while and came back to it and went, huh? There's some stuff here that's not sitting as well with me as it did, uh, you know, however many years ago. Like that's a movie for me that, as much as I love melodrama and sentimentality, and, and you could lay all that shit on thick, Forrest Gump is almost too much for me. Like, I was like, oh my god, how much sugar did they put in this fucking sweet tea? Like, it's just, it's too much. Uh, And then once you get to the very troubling, you know, kind of subtext that you don't think about as a child. Like, with Jenny dying of AIDS, basically being punished for walking away from Forrest for her whole life. And, like, being promiscuous and just kind of living her life as a woman. And she's, she
2: was being promiscuous because her father was sexually assaulting yeah, her when like, she was a little girl.
0: She is – she's bookended with horrible tragedy. And you're like – and then, like, even, like, her drug use and everything. Like, it's a very boomer nostalgia – Interesting. Like, film for me that, like, I watch it and I go, uh, I don't know if this – and obviously, like, you, you acquire – Political beliefs yeah. and, and, and uh, let's say moral viewpoints on things. And especially as you get more and more educated as an adult and everything. And that's what happened to Forrest Gump for me is that it was like, oh, wow, like my entire perspective on this movie has changed because, like, I've consumed all this other stuff and formed these other opinions on other things that now I can recognize that. And this, this movie that still though is pretty good. Like, I also watch it, and I'm like, wow, fucking Zemeckis, man. Like, he changed the way effects are used forever with multiple movies now. Yeah. And Forrest Gump being one of them. Like, the idea, like, before <laughs> before then, like, inserting Tom Hanks' character in all those different moments in time was almost unthinkable. Like, I remember even as a kid when that came out, because I was only, like, 12 or 13 years right. old when I first saw it in the yeah, theater. yeah, yeah. Like, people talked about the, like, holy shit, and he fucking shakes Richard Nixon's hand, and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess. And, and now you look back, and you kind of take that for granted now. You know, you have fucking WandaVision now, yeah, which has put wow, Marvel superheroes as basically being, like, I Love, like, Lucy, I love and Lucy, and, like, Dream of Genie that's the entire hook of the movie Brady Bunch. is Z- Zemeckis's, like special effects gag that he was pulling off in Forrest Gump. Now that's a whole TV show, so we we one hundred percent take that for granted. But like, I think you, you can do both things at the same time, you know. Which is why I asked you earlier: is like, can you watch a movie like this and be like, I get why people like this, or I get the technical achievement behind it, or whatever? Because that's what I do with Force Gump. Well,
1: one hundred percent. I mean, I think we even over text. are we don't want to, you know, we do not want to ruin it. When we we're texting. I said I like Deacons is a one of the best cinematographers living, yeah. and it's it's there's. The shot where he is climbing down the pipe when he's f- escaping, like, down to the, the ship yeah, yeah, pipe, uh-huh. and, the, and the lightnings in the background is just, like, it's just orgasmically good.
0: Dude, all of that soaring, like, helicopter stuff and whatever, like, especially when we're first introduced yes. to Shawshank, it's
1: just, like... Over the top. Yeah, it goes just... A whole just crowd, of, crowd of
2: prisoners just uh, swarming like ants towards the entry gate because they know fr- mm. fresh fish are coming in. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: it's just, like, so awesome to behold... And like, there are a ton of iconic images from this movie oh, yeah. that have bl- like bled their way into pop culture, like him emerging from the pipe and the lightning Hooray, going off, and holding
2: like, his arms in a V. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't, but yeah, the it, whole Christ it's, it's thing. you're Getting
0: at, but
1: yeah. yeah, but I mean, it 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 is pretty. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a um, it's 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 interesting because I like stories about the triumph of the human spirit and like you know putting people through and something, you know, through the crucible, right? And that I'm... Like a Cannibal cann- Holocaust. Yeah. Um, I much prefer that to this. Um, <laughs> and But I also see what people don't like that. Uh, but to... The, you know, the triumph of the human spirit thing is... is Maybe I'm... It's basically not enough for me in this story, where it's... Uh, yeah, the film just doesn't... It doesn't quite reach me the way I think it's reached some people, you know, yeah. cause they're like field of dreams fucks me up because it's like fathers and sons and baseball and like that. Like, and that film sure. is not afraid of cheese. I mean, Kevin Costner does not back away from cheese. Um, in a lot of his films, but that film, I still watch it. And I like the end really, you know, messes me up Or Or you think about, you know, I, I feel like he Darabont is pulling on in this film is like Preston Sturges and also some Capra. Oh, and, lots and, of Capra. You know, lots of Capra, but also lots of Sturgeon. There's definitely some um Sullivan's Travels vibes here too with the stuff in the jail and like watching it, like that film scene of them watching is right out of uh, right out of Solovans Travels. Um and I love that film. And the Capra thing too cuz Capra is not afraid of of sentimentality, but there's also like a real darkness to Capra. I mean like it's a wonderful it, life. Is, that's one of my favorite films, and I watch it every Christmas with my mom. And that film messes me up, but it's, that film is like pitch black. Like at moments, it's like, oh my god! And that film about like you watch it. Like no wonder it didn't do well. Like it's a it's a it's a socialist manifesto <laughs> about yeah. you know not the, the
2: uplifting uplifting uh, Christmas tale you're looking to watch at all. I mean, it's, and
1: I, that's why I like it. It's like the real side of like humanity. Um, and I think this, I think the message, I think that like George um, Bailey, like learned something in that film. And I think again, having kind of an untouchable narrator, having an untouchable main character in Shawshank where you're kind of outside of him. It's like, I don't know when the beats are happening, when he's Red's telling me. Red saying, like, that's probably why he decided to break out that night. It's like he's been breaking out for 20 years. Right. Like, I don't get that. There's there's beats missing for me, I think, that are, are needed in, in a, a classical narrative. He's trying to do Capra, where I don't see like the character changes. It's more like just bad things happening to him and then say, I'm going to keep going, you know? Um, Kind of like you brought up an interesting like Legend of the Fall a couple weeks ago, where you have this thing of like it has that epic that film has the epic thing of just like wow, what horrible things can happen to Tristan?
0: Yeah, it's like six movies in one movie, right? Just like
1: piled on, and yeah, Tristan is basically Job in that movie. Seriously, by
0: the yeah. I mean he makes, the, he makes he makes fucked up through. choices
1: himself, like a few, like he makes bad choices, but he goes down the like. <laughs> He's not as bad as Aiden Quinn in that movie, who's just
0: the like a worst. Barrister.
1: Just like you, you feel, like, you watch that film, you're like, you don't deserve any love. Like, you watch, you're like, you're just a little fickle piece of shit. And, like, yeah. you, you don't deserve your father's love. Like, I, that's how I feel about that. that wow, your to. dad should not love you. <laughs> yeah, right. seriously, I watched that. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Arthur, right? Arthur. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's, it's, um, I, like, you kind of started the episode with, of, not wanting to fall into the dad rock thing, you know, to, I, and I I'm, glad you kind of, I, I'm glad you kind of set that up for me. Cause it made me like write down my, um, my thoughts trying to kind of dance away from that reason, because like, I also don't mind some dad rock films, you know? Cause like, I don't like most Ron Howard stuff, but like, I like Apollo 13 Cinderella, man. Yeah. Cinderella, man rips. I, I actually really like that movie. Um, but is Rush a dad rock movie? I hate Rush. I do not. Uh, yeah. dude? I got in an online argument with David Morrell, the writer of First Blood, about that. Wow, I he think got, Rush <laughs> is fucking great. I don't like Rush. Um, I think I think Chris Hemsworth just doesn't have the again, like we talked about with Black Hat once. Like I don't know if he has quite the chops to pull to carry that. I think the Nikki Lauda character is. Um, what's, uh, sorry, I forget his name. Daniel Bruhl. Yeah, Daniel Bruhl. I think he is, is much more able to handle. We cast the lead as the best friend.
0: I, yeah, I, I don't think Daniel Broll could play right the other but part. Just, but I see yeah. what you mean. Eh, man, I'm surprised that you don't like Rush. I'm guessing you like Apollo 13 quite a bit. I like Apollo 13. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Backdraft. I that's my favorite of his films. I think so much fun. That movie. I actually re I just bought it on Blu-ray because I was like, I haven't seen that in a while, and that movie fucking holds up because like, you know. And I like Solo. I think like when he's doing when he's got a script, it's like. Um like Howard knows how to like do action. He know you like Solo? I love Solo. The movie fucking sucks, dude. Oh, I love that movie. Was Star Wars Story Solo? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. It's the best of the new films. That yeah. and Rogue One. I'll give ah. you Rogue One. I'm not giving you Solo. Wow. Yeah, no, I am I have a I have a contingent of, of uh friends and stuff. We all are huge fans of Solo. So yeah. What about ransom?
0: That's my favorite run. The Howard. Mel Gibson movie. Fuck yeah, so yeah I m- like that movie. all so in the theater, I think. That yeah. movie
1: fucking rips, dude. Yeah, that's a good one. I like, I like Far and Away too, with uh, Pass. Yeah, um,
0: I can't get behind that one. <laughs> I tried. I even tried in the theater and was like,
1: nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's um, also very sentimental. Um, oh my god, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you kind of brought up something earlier that like, this film wouldn't be made today, and I complete, I completely agree because it is part of that mid-budget like prestige. Movies for adults yeah and now you get them but they are a hundred percent for oscars right like you can tell like this is the studio's yeah. oscar bait and this film i don't know if it was oscar bait it was a failure yeah because it didn't do well it was um, also released during summer i believe if i remember correctly and i think they pushed the stephen king thing hard and it's like i think people went also seeing be like what if they hadn't read the story yeah. they're expecting horror you know, and yeah. you have, and of course that's that early, you know, you have. I know it was released during October, okay, which is still slightly outside of Oscar season. But you're also around also Halloween thing. You have a Stephen King movie coming out yeah. in October. Yeah. Like, um. But I mean, it was still nominated for what? Like six he, or seven? He won for screenplay, right? And it was I nominated so, yeah. for picture. And I think Freeman was nominated. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was quite nominated it was across across the board. Um quite beloved. They're quite beloved by the the um <laughs> What do you how many stars do you think Alex Trebek gave this movie? Um he had great taste of probably one out of five. He wasn't a fan. We talked about it. You think so? He I called him one time and I was like, Alex, what do you think of Shawshank? He goes, I was like, enough said.
2: I said they should have showed the butt stuff. Double Jeopardy. He, he loves that movie. Yeah, he,
1: lo- he lo- he's a big Ashley uh, Judd fan, too. Him and Ashley and uh, Tommy Lee hung out Alex there every weekend. Alex Trebek was
2: a
0: big Ashley Judd fan? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, him. I could totally see him digging, like, Kiss the Girls. Do you think he prefers Kiss the Girls to this? Like, in terms of Morgan Freeman movies?
2: Yeah. Okay. Doesn't Ashley Judd die, like, at the beginning of that? No. Which is the one where she, like, drives off a dam or something. Ooh. Isn't that... Along, Wait. Along Came a Spider? That sounds right. She I event. can't remember. Yeah, in like the first. Wait, no, she's not
0: in a
1: long teenage com- like, spider. That's no, Monica she's, Potter. Potter.
2: She's in like the first five minutes. Her car goes off
1: a dam or something. Hmm. Is it her playing the same character from? I mean, I have to. Yeah, be. it's huh. a sequel. We're gonna have to.
0: No, but, but it's a sequel revolving around because he's playing Alex Cross, yeah.
1: right? And the and it's funny because the book comes takes place before Kiss the Girls. Like they, I'm just mussing this all up. I'm just mussing it up. I mean.
2: This is also a full digression about Ashley Judd movies.
1: Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Let's
0: bring it back. (laughs) Why? Oh, you you want to do it? I wasn't complaining. Okay, let's go for it. Martin, you're so uptight. (laughs) This is weird, especially from The Mattress King. Yeah. Not real into it. Okay,
2: so. Apparently somebody hasn't had enough time with Alec Trebek. Ooh. I have not. It's been a little bit.
0: Well, you get no more.
2: (laughs) Um... I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about Shawshank? 20 years pass in this film, and none of the characters age a day.
1: That's not true. Yeah, Andy Andy gets gray. Andy and gets they, reading glasses. Oh, yeah. God. Okay, they, they get some gray in their hair and reading glasses. But I mean, that, Morgan Freeman
0: it. was born 53, so yeah, it's but tough to age him.
1: And they, they added gray to his hair, too. You could tell they tried to make they make him look younger, and then I think he became looking his normal age yeah, at the end. They tried to crack that look, black, man, and it just
0: twenty. It wasn't working.
1: 20 years pass. Yeah, it's um, well, and it's it's funny because like some of the other characters, they don't even care about it. Like you could tell they're like they we're gonna pay attention more to like Morgan Freeman and da- Tim Robbins, but like a couple of the, the ancillary characters, like that's oh, just the guy they didn't give me any makeup. Yeah, y- he's just like like what Bill, Bill Sadler, right? Bill Sadler just remained Bill Sadler's age. Yeah, you know, on um, you know who knows? They were all at Fantastic Fest last year. It was like Bill Sadler, VFW, and, well, and Clancy Brown was there for. Mortuary Collection. That's true. And Tim Robbins was there for um, the VHS. Uh, VHS, yes. VHS, it's VHS. It's like his son? It's or... a son, yeah. yeah. And so it was like, my one friend is a huge Shawshank fan, and this big Stephen King fan, was like, I think we're having a Shawshank Redemption. They don't. They got all pic- got a picture together, which is. That's sweet. That's that's kind of cool, you know. I would
0: have liked to have taken a, a picture with Bill Sadler more. And I love him. Asked him about Demon Knight. I, dude, Demon Knight's so good. At the VFW party again, not to get too far off topic, but I got to hang out with Steven Lang and talk to him about Michael Mann
1: movies for a while. I, I walked right by him three times that fest, and I was just like, "But he was always like being interviewed or something," and I was just like, "I want to meet him so bad." Even at nine hundred, I was terrified of him. <laughs> you know, he's uh, and I, but I love. I mean, I love um, Crime Story. Yeah, like he's really good in that show. Um, you
0: ever seen Guilty as Sin? The Re- Rebecca De Mornay I Don never, Johnson movie I never have. Oh I have of, like, seen that like, a long Sidney time Rimet. ago Dude there uh Stephen Lang has a fro in that he plays Rebecca uh, De Mornay's
1: boyfriend in it he has a fro that you should see to believe He's got He had some Heavy hair too, and in, uh, in Crime Story, they like, kind of like grow out. A oh, and Manhunter bit. too. Yeah,
0: man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he has the the same Manhunter look in Guilty as Sin. What are we doing at this point? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're
1: gonna bring up Stephen Lang, we're gonna talk about Stephen Lang. That's fair. That's just a rule. Now we're just riffing. Yeah, I know, right? Well, uh, yeah. Thanks you all for uh, for being nice. You know,
0: I
2: uh, I still don't. I thought it was a delightful film.
0: I I don't. I I'm not swayed in the least, like, I think the movie's great still.
1: And I, again, I kind of came to that earlier today. I was like, I'm not going to try to convince them that it's a bad movie. I'm going to just explain why I don't like it, which I think sure. is kind of the, the thing, right. You right. know, that there are films out there where I do want to yell from the mountaintop, like, like what the hell is happening here? Sure. You know, or like if someone's like, Hey, I think that like uh transformers four is a great film. Like, I want to tell you that it's not wait. So before <laughs> we go, let's do this.
0: Is this the worst Stephen King adaptation for you?
2: Oh
1: no! Or your least your least favorite? Let's say. Is it
2: your least favorite Stephen King story?
1: It's one of them. I I don't I don't cause I don't like I just kind like, of reread the story. And I don't like it that much. Okay. Um, and especially not the best in that collection because At Pupil fucking rocks um i like the breathing method too that's also like yeah. his, a, lot, a lot of his i think like his short stories are great and his but his novellas like they really kick ass cuz that perfect length for him it makes them be a little bit yeah like it's because his, he his, has to edit somewhat his novellas are basically other people's novels like because he writes like long novellas and right other people write short novels and it's like he's already kind of basically doing that worst Stephen king adaptation man it's hard because I'm trying to think of like a one that's maybe a good book and a bad film. Cause like Dreamcatcher well, Dream is so different. That's a great film. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and but TV is it a good movie.
2: adaptation?
1: I had to come, no, I had to come to though, like a point where I just had to love them separately. Cause I, right. see, I love the book so much, but I also love the film. And I just, I liked that One, that basically two people took a, the, the jumping off point. Cause like basically at a certain point, You could tell Kubrick's like, I don't give a shit about any of this. And he went his way. We got the hotel. (laughs) And and the character names. And that's it. But like the book is... Also, I'm going to insert
2: my own personal fuck you to the author by putting his wrecked Volkswagen on the
0: side of the Uh, road as we slowly pass by
1: it. I'm trying to... to, What do you think are some bad adaptations? I'm trying to think of...
0: I'm not... I know you like it. I'm not a huge fan of Sometimes They Come Back. Right. I really Um, like that one. I, it's not an adaptation, but the Golden Years miniseries that most Ooh, people have forgotten is, it's is bad. borderline unwatchable. Oh, especially. I hate I hate
1: Tommyknockers. I hate the book and I hate yeah. the, the TV movie.
0: I mean, the t- a lot of the TV movies are bad. Langoliers. Oof. Langoliers is terrible. Mick Garris. Yeah. Poor McGarris. Well, speaking of which, I don't think that... I know this is somewhat controversial opinion. I don't think The Stand is very good. No, I don't think so either. I think it was a milestone mm-hmm. when it came out, and now you watch it and you're like, oh, this is this is what ABC looked like neat or CBS or wherever one. It's but like Walker like, Texas
2: Ranger, the whole thing looks like. I'm Didn't the same, they just redo that? Isn't that another TV it's going right now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's done. I think this Did week it was the yeah. I watched the the pilot and I was like, this is okay. I don't like the uh non chronological stuff. Like it doesn't Makes no sense.
1: Yeah, you. Josh Boone is a guy that they Hollywood decided is good, and they keep giving like they gave him New Mutants and they, they shelved that. But Ugh. he's they've but been didn't trying. Didn't he do Fault in Our Stars?
0: Because of that. But that movie's pretty good. It
1: is, but basically one movie has bought him like five years of goodwill of like them giving him big projects, and like New Mutants is really bad, really bad. And and his he and his partners writing his his like writing partner it's not good stuff for the stand. I watched the first two episodes and then I okay. stopped and I'm like, it's like, he's not an incompetent director, but, um, it also, he takes liberties too. that I don't think he needed to. Okay. Like with Howard, I think too, especially is like, sure. Going too far, far with the incel thing. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't like. Um, because I, he clearly is even from episode one. You're like, okay, well I know where this is going right and and they also I haven't gotten there I guess they got Ezra Miller play the trash can man and yes. it offended a lot of people because it's like he's well I mean it's Ezra Miller right is
2: you know because he's like chokeslamming slamming fans or
1: no well besides that it's him or sorry they because uh non, non um is he non-binary uh, yeah non-binary I believe I believe it's okay. I believe uh they, they. they go they go by they um uh but but I guess it's like very much a not caricature, t- of- caricature of mental illness e. and also and like mental handicap. OK. And so and development this bill, this uh, debility. Um, so it's just very much didn't go across well for people. Yeah. He um, just he played like wokeness, tic-tac-toe and lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they I saw uh, a joke and everyone's like, get ready for the. Uh, the Tropic Thunder memes is basically what are saying. Like, it oh is like, <laughs> <laughs> you made my eyes break. You want to talk about a movie that couldn't be made? Could oh not. my. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember imagine, when, when, imagine the reaction to Tropic
0: Thunder. If it
1: came when, I remember the Oscars that year because they were having the, the other Oscar winners like presenting and it was Cuba Gooding Jr. Were presenting for Robert Downey Jr. Like setting up for the character. He goes, I got one thing to ask you. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. And you can tell it was written, but he was like, he meant it. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how I'm up here. Like talking about this right now. And the fact you got a nomination. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, do you know how hard it is
2: to play a dude playing another dude disguised as another dude? Takes a lot of work. Oh man. This method. method.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's really hard for me to think it was a case. Instinct.
2: A, a lot Can't of case, teach that.
1: A lot of the King ones, I think, are just kind of meh, too. Like sure, a lot of yeah. a lot of the
0: ones where you're like, like Firestarter. I don't particularly like Firestarter. It's just kind of a middle of the road movie.
1: Yeah. I like Mark Lester a lot, but then you have films like you know, one of my favorite adaptations is Christine because they take a lot of liberties. Well, didn't he start? He was assigned that
0: before the book was even published, I believe. Yes, they were. They were. They're were, they were happening was, concurrently. Yeah, because he was coming off of the thing, which was a huge failure, and like he basically signed on because he was like, I need to work. Like I need, but they offered
1: it to him and he was like, well, the book's not published yet. And they're like, yep,
0: make it, here's the synopsis. Make it into a
1: movie. It was, yeah. And the, the, the screenplay is great. And they, they, they did it quite well. Um, yeah. And that's one. Of, but I think it's funny that a lot of the best Stephen King adaptations have to take the most liberties. You sure. Know, it's rare. I mean, Carrie's one of the rare ones where it's the book. I mean, and it's good. There's there's changes, but a lot well, of, it, like the, the of it... the because the way that... Yeah, I was going to say the way the book's written is all...
0: Um, Man, if you needed a prime example it, epi- of
2: the sequel being better than the original.
1: Oh, Get
2: boy. out.
0: <laughs> what is it? Epistolary? When you tell... it, When it's a book through letters, like Dracula. Yeah. I, I always mess up the pronunciation of it, but, like, that's what Carrie is, so I don't 100% agree. Also, like... It's fucking De Palma. De Palma was like, "Oh, I could do this. Like, I could do." Cool, because he brought his own
1: voice. Like, he definitely did. But I think it still completely captures that story.
0: Yeah, like very. Like, like, it beat for like the beats are all there. But again, like he's he's doing his own thing the entire time. Yeah. um, Cody, what's uh, yeah, what's your favorite Stephen King?
2: Or let's go least favorite first. Least favorite Stephen King. Uh I don't really like the TV
0: it. The it's not good. TV version now. That's, I agree. It's one of those weird things that we want to talk about nostalgia that's now like yeah. lionized by a bunch of people who remember watching it growing up. And like Tim Curry's great in it, but the rest is they're all cardboard. miserable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's 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 so T V. Yeah, like it's yeah, uh, it's so it's some nineties
2: so TV on top of that. It's like uh it's like a beefed up soap opera. But
0: also like but again, it's it's easy to watch it's kind of the same way it is to watch like Twin Peaks or something, is that you watch it and you go, Okay, well for the time period like this was doing it's kind of groundbreaking in terms of like TV production, but now you watch it and you're like Alright. Twin Peaks is probably a bad example. I'm trying to think of something better. The Stand. The Stand is another one that was like groundbreaking at the time, and now you watch it, and you're like, it looks like a soap opera.
1: Yeah. Or Walker, Texas. Right I was just it. thinking Walker. <laughs> right? I mean, just Walker all the way. Which
2: I don't think they really improved upon. I haven't seen a second in the new stuff, but I it just doesn't look it.
1: Oh, I, I realize another one I hate is The Mangler, the Toby Hooper film. I like that movie a lot. I don't. I, it does not work for me. Um, I don't think it's a good movie, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. Robert Englund is doing a thing in that, and I'm into the thing.
2: Oh, they got Freddie in there?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, the, again, there are ones like Hearts in Atlantis, which are so muh, you know, where it's like, that's another one like this, where it's like, kind of, that's that same kind of thing is a little bit supernatural, but it's mostly like, a period piece, a drama, nostalgic drama. Well, um, I
0: feel like that was going for Darabont. Like that was going for like let's let's get the Shawshank, Stand by Me, you know, Misery crowd. Because the people who like chant like let's say more mainstream moviegoers are champion those movies are because it's like oh they're not they're actually like when Stephen King like is serious and doesn't do horror and stuff and it's like yeah well that's cool but like the horror stuff's real fucking cool too so exactly trying to think of my least favorite now i don't know if it's least favorite but it's the most hilariously bad is dreamcatcher
2: yeah it's entertaining it's, though, so i can't yeah, say yeah it's still it i mean it's it's, brutal. it's, it's not good but it's you want to talk about fun a, to watch how bad it is
0: yeah fucking dud
1: man I haven't oh, done it. God. Uh, done four, it. I don't like 1408. With yeah. uh, John Cusack. Like that era. It's fine. I didn't like his... Uh,
2: what was the other one with all the numbers in the title? You talk. The guy goes back, tries to stop JFK's assassination. 11 Yeah. I didn't think that was very that good. That didn't work for me. Again, the casting. I Who was like. that?
1: Franco? Yeah, I didn't like Franco. Um, it's funny. People like, look at IMDb. Just like There's so many things like 314, but a lot of them are just like... un. Short films that are not with his because he would, he'll let you do whatever as long as you don't make a certain amount of money, yeah, like the so dollar baby stuff, which is super cool. Um, like I and I, I, I like the Salem's Lot TV movie a lot, Toby Hooper. Um, and I love the music and and that film, like, there's like that era of TV movies. You have it's like that Dan Curtis type stuff, like Night Stalker, it has that oh, yeah. feel where it's like they had they're shooting on film, and well, like they
0: released. Salem's Lot in the two-hour cut overseas in theaters. Yeah, Return to Salem's Lot,
1: that's a rough one.
0: No way. I fucking love that movie, Larry Cohen. Oh, it's man. so much fun. That's crazy. I love it with <laughs> Sam Fuller as the vampire
1: hunter. I, that was great.
0: There's some weird shit going on in this movie that I like a lot. So I, I can't get on board with that, but I respect it, I guess. Yeah.
1: Um. I, I guess I had one last thing to say about Shawshank, and I was thinking about it. Go on. Like Yesterday. Um, <laughs> you, one of the things I've like through our like, friendship, and like, talking about films is, and made me kind of reconsider when I'll, sometimes I'll say like, that's a bad film about something that's like lower budget or, or things like that. And you'll, you'll kind of wince and, and, and I, I start to understand like why I think um, where I said one time, like Miami connection, like, well, technically it's a bad film. And, like, I don't, I don't agree, you know? And, it's interesting because, like, that is a film that technically, yeah, has a lot of trouble. Like, it, it's, it's yeah. amateurish, right? But brings a lot of joy to people who watch it and also has... It's some, also very sincere. But yeah, very sincere. And I thought of sincerity. And I think there are elements of Frank Darabont as a filmmaker where I feel like he's insincere. And he's, it's very calculated. Like the thing that the the emotions are very calculated in this film, I think in particular, and definitely in green mile where it's like, he's very much like trying to elicit a certain response and not in a, in a genuine way versus like King. I think King genuinely believes like the things he's writing. Like, you know, King is nothing if not sincere. Sure. And so even when I roll up my eyes and stuff, he writes, I'm like, oh, but I'm like, oh, but you believe that. Yeah. Like, that's your ethos. And I think with a film like this sometimes, like, this feels very calculated. And so even though technically... It you works. you can't. Well, technically, you can't call it a bad film, because you're, like, you're talking about craft, right? I'm like, yeah, craft is good, but I don't like it. Versus, like, the craft of, like, Miami Connection is bad, but it's really great. Sure. You know, so it's two different things we're talking about sometimes, right? Yeah. It's, it's that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So... That's a good note to end on as well guys yo deal breakers number two in the can lots of fun martin still wrong see you next week